Good morning. Great to see you. Had a great day yesterday. See some familiar faces. Isn't it great to hear those testimonies, all of them? Hear what God's up to. You know, every time we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're actually praying, my kingdom go. It's a radical prayer, isn't it? Your kingdom come, my kingdom go. Your kingdom come where there is no more suffering, more pain, no pain, no brokenness, no addiction, no oppression, no poverty, no injustice. Lord, your kingdom come. That's our prayer, isn't it? So we pray for, what we long for, what we work for. And we are given this authority and this power by God himself. God says in, in Luke 9, the 12 disciples, I give you my authority. I give you my power. He says in, in Luke 10 to 72 others, we don't know who they are. God does. I give you my authority. I give you my power. I'm so glad he gives us both. Authority without power would be pretty difficult, wouldn't it? But power that backs up that authority, he gives to us by his Holy Spirit. I'm so glad because I don't know about you, authority is not a word that I really warm to. Um, I remember as a 14-year-old boy coming home from school, it was school report day, I dreaded them. Did anyone else dread school report day? And um, I really did dread mine. I knew they were always going to be bad, but this particular year, I was about 14 years of age, and I opened it up, it always came in a brown envelope, the dreaded brown envelope. What was the school going to say about me? And... uh, I was so pleased this time because there was a really big word after my name. Mark is so, and then it was eight syllables, anti-authoritarian. I thought, oh, that's good. That sounds like a real, you know, that's the best thing I've ever been, anti-authoritarian. My mum was not so pleased and my dad neither. No, authority can get a bad name, can't it? Authority, we might think of those in authority that might manipulate or abuse or abuse the power they've got. But when Jesus says, I will give you authority and power, he's saying, I'm going to give you what's necessary to love the world into life. I'm going to give you what's necessary so that addictions can be broken. Don't we live in an addicted society? They're everywhere. And and I'm not just looking out there. We as Christians, we can get some addictions as well, can't we? Or is it just me? Shall I get down now? We've all got these areas in our life, you know, the definition of an addiction is what you can give up next week. It's never what you can give up today. And the battle goes on, as we've been hearing, the battle goes on to live this life under the lordship of Jesus. We live as those under authority. The great banner over the New Testament church were just three words, Jesus is Lord. And as I prepared for this weekend, those three words just kept coming back to me again and again. Jesus is Lord. He's so much more, but he's Savior, he's Healer, he's Redeemer. But Jesus is Lord is the banner that was over the church. And I really believe the world is waiting to see a people who will say, let's exalt you as we've been singing and let's bow down. Let's live these lives, as Tim was just saying, where in a sense, as we exalt him and we go lower, so much more of the kingdom of God can break in. 
In my, uh, I, I've been nearly 30 years, well, 30 years as a vicar. Tim and I were ordained about a similar time, I should think. We've known each other for many years. Um, and after 25 years, we, we, Kate and I, we left London to move up to a place really near the coast because Kate said she'd like to live by the sea. And, uh, and so the Lord said, well, I'll call you to Leicester. Um, we call it Leicester by the sea, um, by faith. It's about two hours from any sea, but um, it was because we try to live our lives, don't we, all of us, under the, Lord, not your will, but, yeah, Lord, your will, not my will. We want to do it your way. But when we were in uh, London in, in, in our last church before we moved to Leicester, we uh, decided to do healing on the streets. I don't know if you've done that. We were going to take what we believe and what we do in the church and we were going to say, do you know what? Jesus isn't just Lord of the church. He's Lord over all. God is almighty. Everything in heaven and earth belongs unto him. We're going to take what God has given us and we're going to go out into the world in different ways. And I'll be honest with you, after weeks of training, one Saturday morning in a very uh, Muslim part of West London, inner city London, I took a team that I'd been training for weeks onto the streets outside Morrison's, and I was absolutely terrified. I was praying that Jesus would return in that very moment because the last thing on earth I wanted to do was to go out and to pray with people. I felt that sense of responsibility you do when you've trained up a team. And as we walked out onto the square outside of Morrison's in, in Acton, I felt the Lord say, this is my place. And I knew that in theory, but I didn't know it in the depths of my heart. And I knew that I had to do something to break that intimidation that I think we often feel from the world. Does anyone here ever feel that sort of intimidation when it comes to making Christ known in some way? Is it just me again? My goodness, what a church you've got, Tim. There's two in the corner. I felt the Lord saying, kneel down. That's the last thing I want to do, Lord, kneel down. You know, I want to hide in the corner. Kneel down draws attention. I don't want this. And I said to the team, we're going to kneel down because, and we're going to claim this place is the Lord's because it really is. But we're going to claim it. We're going to own it. And so the team looked at me, and I looked at them, and I, I put on my brave, courageous, battling Christian man face. And we, and we knelt down. And I said, we're not going to move until we know the presence of the Lord. I don't know how long we knelt there. It felt like hours, probably about 30 seconds. After about 30 seconds, I decided the Lord was present anyway. <laughs> and we got up and we offered to pray with people. And it's a very Muslim area. Um, people went by. No Muslim wanted our Christian prayers. No agnostic, no atheist, no Hindu, no passing stray dog. Nothing wanted our prayers. And then after about 45 minutes in desperation, I saw a man, I could tell by dress, Muslim, walked by with what I took to be arthritis in his hands, and in desperation I said, we could pray for you. I remember his reply, he, he just said, oh, well, I don't believe, and he walked away. He went about 
I say 20 yards, but that's out of date now, isn't it? 20 meters, is that right? Yeah, anyway, he went up by that wall somewhere. He turned around, he came back. He said, you know what? I'm in so much pain, I'll try anything. I thought, this is it. I could tell I had about 20 seconds. And I know in my head, and I've known for years that Jesus is Lord, but this was, the, this was a testing moment. This was, do I really believe Jesus is Lord? Is he Lord over everything? Is he Lord over arthritis? And I prayed a prayer, a really short prayer, because have you ever noticed how short the prayers of Jesus are? I just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, arthritis, go. And I'll never forget the look on his face, my face, the team's face. <laughs> we were really not very good at this because we have no miracles in our pockets. We, we know it's the Lord and you feel empty all the time. But I'll never forget, he went like this. I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. All the pain has gone. Thank you, Jesus. It was the thank you, Jesus, that blew me away. You know, I've seen healings. I've seen miracles. It was this connection. Suddenly, in that moment, he was connecting with the lover of his soul, the one who can set us free. The one who wants us to flourish. The one who comes with life. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over all things. And as the centurion in our reading discovered, you know, when we live under authority, we can rely on the uh, backup. Because the authority uh, that the uh, centurion's speaking of that the Bible speaks of, a word excusia, it means the right to rule on behalf of another. I don't know about you, I always feel, uh, in the words of the American pastor John Wimber, a day late and a dollar short. Does anyone else ever feel like that? I always feel uh, empty. I've, I've preached all over the world. Every time I get up to speak, I feel empty. Every time. Every time I think I've got nothing to say this time, you might be agreeing with me at this point, but you know, I feel it every time. Isn't that something of the dependency that we live in? And yet we have a Lord who says, I'm going to back you up. I've given you authority. The right to rule on my behalf as a, as a vice regent, as an ambassador. I, your authority, Mark, or authority that you have to do whatever it is in his name that he's calling you to, that's given by him. Our job is to receive it, but he says, I'll also back it up with power. The word that the Bible uses for power is dunamis. Guess what word that is in English? Dynamite. I will give you authority from on high and a dynamite power to back you up. But the thing is, we never feel like that. We take it by faith. We take it on trust. We dare to believe the promises of God. I was telling folk yesterday that I have seen on a number of occasions what Jesus' as Lord can do when he brings healing to blind eyes. It was great to see um, in, in Sweden the doctor's report of a man who was blind 40 years and then prayer in the name of Jesus who is Lord had brought complete healing to him. 
great to see doctor's report of a, a lady in our church, Eileen, who had a tumor the size of a, I don't know, a grapefruit. And they ran her through the MRI scanner again and again and again. And then we had the, we've moved so many times we've lost it, but I had the letter from the consultant who said that Mrs. Reynolds had a, a such and such a tumor. Um, it was a large tumor and no medical intervention, but God, who's so loving and so compassionate, had healed her. And they, they ran her through the scanner three times, but no tumor. We see again that Jesus is Lord. We, if we take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, between finger and thumb, we see that 25% of that is healing because God seems to love healing. But I also know that as I'm telling these stories, some of you are thinking, as I think all the time as well, yes, but Lord. Anyone thinking a yes, but? Anyone ever prayed with all they had for a loved one and your prayer wasn't answered the way you wanted it to be? Is that a familiar story? It breaks our heart, doesn't it? Because we know that Jesus is Lord. We know that physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, psychological well-being, the whole shalom of God is important to God. And yet we live in this incredible tension between God breaking in, doing the things that we see Jesus do in the Gospels, and, we've, and we live with the pain as well. Kate, my wife, here with me this morning, works with uh, very sick children, has done for many, many years at Great Ormond Street, now in the community, and too many of the young children that she's nursed have died. So we're not a couple that think, my goodness, you know, if we've just got enough faith, if we just declare with enough confidence Jesus is Lord, then all will be well. And yet, don't we want to go on doing the one thing that God has called us to do, which is to lean in, not always understanding, always trusting, not always having the answers, but saying, Lord, we're under your authority. Will you back us up with your power? And when we don't see it, we will go on trusting. Jesus is Lord. The Bible shows us that Jesus is Lord over all things. He's Lord over sin. Isn't that wonderful? We love that one, don't we? He lived this holy life. He lived this life with, where he was tempted in every way like us, tempted, yet without sin. He showed that Jesus as the icon of God, the exact representation of the Father, as the writer to Hebrews says, that God is the one who is victorious over sin. In every way tempted, yet without sin. So perfect that he was the perfect sacrifice on the cross at Calvary where he was without blemish. The perfect Passover Lamb of God without any kind of imperfection because he is Lord over sin. And as he comes into our lives, he's saying, I give you authority not to be a victim. I give you authority to overcome. I give you authority to break the strongholds, the addictions, the unclean spirits in your life. We see Jesus who is Lord over the demonic We were down at a new wine team in, in India and in the middle of my talk, the Holy Spirit said, be quiet. 
He says that quite often to me when I'm in full flow. He says, be quiet, I want to show the people. Because Jesus never demonstrated his lordship with words alone. At the end of Matthew 7, just before the healing of the leper we've just heard of, it said Jesus taught with authority. But the thing with Jesus is he didn't just teach with authority, he lived with authority. He acted with authority. And in the middle of my talk, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to set someone free, but tell her don't leave. And I saw this young woman, I said, please don't leave. Please don't leave, I need to talk to you. I didn't know why. I was a person under authority, like the centurion. I don't know, I don't question. Well, I do question, I question all the time. But on this occasion, I didn't question. I just said, I'll go with trust. I'll go with trust. I don't understand, but your Lord, I'm not. Your kingdom come, my agenda go. After finishing my talk, I went up with a, uh, an Indian woman, a friend of mine, to this young Indian woman who, as we began to just talk with her, bent over, started to weep deeply, was deeply traumatized by something. We prayed for about 45 minutes, praying the Lordship of Jesus, who's Lord over all things, including every demon that had to flee in his name, every unclean spirit. I've seen this in England, I've seen it with all sorts of people, but this was in India. And eventually, after about 45 minutes, this young woman, her name is Samwa, rolled up the sleeve of her sari, showed us the marks of self-hatred and self-wounding in her arm. And she said, this afternoon, you need to know something, as a peace came over her. This afternoon, I wrote a suicide note. And I said, Lord, if you don't speak with me today, I'll kill myself. It was wonderful and beautiful to see the Lord break so many lies off her. I haven't got time to go into the details. All I can tell you now that in that moment, as we prayed as people under authority like this centurion, that God, in a way that only God really knows, set her free. She now leads one of the 2,000 new wine churches in India. She's now a woman who's on fire for God. In a moment, Jesus, not me, I'm just a man, a person like you, under authority. The one who is in authority over all things. Jesus is Lord over sin, he's Lord over the evil and the demonic, he's Lord over nature, even the wind and the waves obey him. If you look at Matthew 8 in the wider context, later on he's going to heal two demon-oppressed people. Later on he's going to calm a storm. Wind, waves, be quiet. He's Lord over death itself. He raises Lazarus from the dead on the third day. He raises the widow of Nain's son. He just ruins that funeral, wrecks it. There they are, weeping and wailing, and, and Jesus speaks into this. Arise, young man. Jairus' daughter, 12 years old. Arise. 
He's Lord over sin and sickness and demons and death and nature and poverty and oppression and addiction and you name it, everything that's not of God. He's Lord of it and yet we live in attention. We live with the heartbreak. We live with the experience that we pray your kingdom come and yet we still wait and travail and struggle and trust. Is that right? Do we feel the tension and we have an option? In our freedom, we have an option to say, well, I'll just be shaped by my experience, by my disappointment, by my heartbreak. But actually what God says when he speaks through passages like this is, I want you to trust me as Lord. I want you to trust me as Lord. Jesus has given us authority and Jesus has given us power. He has given us both. As we look to this centurion, we see the compassion of God. Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. In, in my version, slightly different to the one we read, it doesn't say, I, shall I go? He says, I will go. Because what we see in Jesus Christ, and if Jesus is perfect theology, which I believe him to be, what we see in Jesus Christ is one who says, I'm not going to waver over what is right and wrong. I will go. Every single sick person in the New Testament who comes to Jesus, comes to Jesus for healing, gets healed. And yet we live. We live in this painful painful place there's something very special about this centurion though because i think the the authority of god so often is partnered with the compassion of god think very special about this centurion because this servant of his is a nobody this servant of his has no legal standing this servant is a tool. I can't remember if it was Cato the Elder or Cato the Younger, but it doesn't really matter, does it? But one of the Catos said, if you buy a farm, this was in the times of uh, biblical times, if you buy a farm and with the farm comes a slave who is sickly, just throw out the slave. For the slave is of no worth whatsoever. But this centurion, this, this officer over 100 others of an occupying army, a, a brutal army, a brutal empire, one that so easily the Bible and Jesus himself could have spoke down about. This officer is shown in such amazing light because he says not one human being is of no value. That every man, woman, and child, whatever their station in life, whatever their ethnicity, whatever their history, whatever their whatever, is someone loved and valued of God. And so we see an authority that's not based on ruling, dominating, getting your own way. We see an authority that God has given us so that we can pray, work, serve, weep, Roll up our sleeves, get our hands dirty, reach out to and make a difference so that every man, woman and child, whatever, whatever, can be lifted up into their full stature as someone created and loved by God. And now I begin to see authority in a different way. 
Authority to make a difference. Authority to lift someone up. It would be a strange God who says, I'm a God of love and I'm almighty, but I will leave people powerless. But we have a God who said, I will raise up a people. I'll raise up a people who will bring real, concrete hope into the world. I will raise up a people that will never see a human being as something that can be discarded or a pain that doesn't matter or an affliction or a brokenness that I'll just pass by on the other side from. I'm going to raise up a people and they're called the people of God. They're called the church. And I'm looking at you right now. And I'm looking at a people loved more than they know Believed in by God more than they, we, believe in him. That's one of the things that strikes me about our God. He believes in us more than we believe in him. And he says, I give you my authority. I give you my power. You will be my people. You will be my representatives on the earth. But the thing that I think saddens me, and I'm not pointing fingers out there, I'm also pointing fingers back this way, is that so often we don't live in that authority. We can sing quite easily that Jesus is Lord, although in fact rarely do we sing those words. We can sing it, but do we live it? It was wonderful yesterday as Tim and Jan spoke about the area of strongholds in our lives. Because I've received that teaching from Tim and Jan many years ago. And, and sometimes in my own prayer life, I so enjoy the freedom, the real freedom that comes when I recognize the areas of my own life that are not living under the Lordship of Jesus. If you like, my heart, my soul is like a city and over that city flies a flag and it says Jesus is Lord. But there's little neighborhoods in my heart that are occupied by some other authority. And as we prayed even yesterday, as I pray in my own life, Lord, would you break the strongholds in me? The freedom comes. Because he has authority over all things. Jesus is Lord. So what stops us from living as we should? Well, this centurion would not be stopped. When Jesus says, I will come, he says, Lord, I do not deserve you have to have you come under my roof. That's because it was highly unusual. It was completely no-no in the culture for a Jewish man, a Jewish rabbi to come in to a Gentile home. But, you know, Jesus is Lord over all things, and we're called to that authority as well. And so I read into this passage that sense that nowhere is a no-go zone for God. That nowhere is beyond. Nowhere is out of bounds for the people of God. That everything, as Psalm 24 puts it, everything in the heavens and on the earth belongs unto him. Jesus says, I'll come. Lord, I don't deserve. But that wasn't the point. 
Just say the word and my servant will be healed. That's what Rita, I think, testified to just now. That even as we prayed yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon, and here I boast not in me or Rita or our prayer, but I boast in the one who is Lord of all. That even in that afternoon, some, I don't know, 150 miles away or whatever, distance, no problem for the centurion in the scriptures, no problem for God yesterday. In January 2020, I'll do it. We don't know what he's done yet, but let's see. He's Lord over all things. I love the centurion's trust. Lord, simply say the word. Because, Lord, I'm a person with authority. I say to one, come, and he comes. I say to another, do this, and he does it. And Jesus says, with astonishment, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great, it says faith, I'm going to put the word in trust. I've not come across one who will say, I don't know how this works, I don't have all the answers, but I will trust. So perhaps even in a minute as I close, we'll pray for people. We'll pray for the Lordship of Jesus wherever it's needed in our lives. Because we didn't come to church to worship alone or listen to a speaker alone. We came together to encounter the one who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I hope we came with an expectation that we don't have to go out of those doors in a few minutes' time exactly the same as when we came in. Yesterday, we thought a little bit more about the disappointments and the heartache and the brokenness and the unanswered prayer. And there are so many questions and what I would have said today rising up within you. I acknowledge that. But what the centurion does is say, Lord, just simply say the word and it will be done. And as people under authority, are we going to say that today? Lord, in the mystery, in the fog, in the confusion, in the unanswered places of our lives, are we still going to trust you? And are we going to expect you to be the one who brings that healing, that freedom, that joy, that peace, that alignment with your lordship? It means that we're fully alive. Lord, thank you that you're so able, so willing, so utterly in love with us. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. And even as we pray in a moment, knowing that you're the God of compassion over all people in all situations, would you come and do what only you can do? Would you change us? Would you free us? 
that we might be those who carry a freedom, a joy, and a peace out of this place into the world around us. And in a closing moment, I want to say this for Christ Church. I don't think this is an authority that is just about individual believers. I believe it's a corporate authority that you as a church will carry an authority together to be an immense blessing to churches and communities all over Tunbridge Wells and beyond. I don't do that because I believe in Tim and Jan Humphrey, although I do with all my heart. I do it because I believe that what they and you are doing in this place is coming under the lordship of Jesus. And that's the people that God can use. Lord, simply say the word and it will be done. And in that moment, the centurion's servant was healed. And the kingdom of God broke in. Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed. That throwaway, discarded piece of humanity in the eyes of the world was not discarded, but healed. And the kingdom of God broke in. Let it be, here and beyond, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Would you like to stand?